By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. It's Mr. BVD. <laughs> we talked about the fact that his, uh, in his new video, he doesn't have the body to be showing it off. Well, maybe he should. I mean, you've, maybe that's being bad. Normally you see dudes who are like, uh, you know, pop stars and things like that, ripped, you know, like muscles, six packs, the whole bit. Not Louis Capaldi. <laughs> He's a little bit on the chubby side. And in his newest video for that song, he does most of the video in his just in his tidy whities and not a t-shirt just just his tidy whities no boxers tidy whities well welcome to the new year welcome to the new year it's bs.show i'm b where is s where's s i ask let's find out let's find out where s is we'll call and find out where s is yes this is bs.show that's our web address the other day i had somebody again say is this bs.show.com no, it's just bs.show. Well, how's that possible? Hello? It's possible through so many avenues. Oh, Shelly, good morning. Good morning. Happy happy um, New Year, Brad. Hey, guess what? What? It's 617. Do you know where your children are? I do know where my children are, but I don't know where my co-host is. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where she, she is? is- yeah, I do. Actually. Where is she? Where is she? She is signing on as we speak. What? How oh, can that yeah. be? How can that oh, be? Because she's like that. How can that be? She's she's doing what as we speak again? She's signing on as we speak. Wow, man, you are. You know what? It, it isn't interesting that we hit this first day of the year, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" Or actually, second day of the year. Actually, third day of the year now. Uh, we're all, we're all, you know, we got our New Year's resolutions and we got our everything and, and we're going to make this year a killer year. And then you're late, right? Hello? I wasn't late technically. <laughs> what do you mean you weren't late technically? I was in my chair at the... At oh, the right time, I just that's wasn't right. set up. To I remember that when phone. I when I took that broadcasting class so many years ago in college, where they say, "Well, you know, you're not late if you're in the chair in the studio." Oh, exactly okay. that's my right. point. That's right. That's right. Right. You don't have to. You know, who cares if you have to talk in the microphone? As long as you're in the chair in the studio, you're good to go. Right. I'm sure that's what one of your old bosses absolutely <laughs> said to you. <laughs> Remember, I'm the guy who got fired on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, yeah? yeah? With what? A baby in the bun? Uh, no, I'd just been married at the time. I've been married a whole... I got married in September, so I was married, what, four months? Three months? Yeah. Four months. Three and a half months. Three and a half months. Yeah, I got three and a half months, and I'm out of a job on Christmas Day. Imagine I go home and say... Hey, honey, guess what happened today at work? Well, you work in Christmas, right? I got fired. You get fired on Christmas Day? Yes. The boss called me out. I told, remember we, we had when Jim, Jim Buffero over, I told the head him on about the uh, the old Lang Syne, same old Lang Syne song, that yeah. that is my connection to that song, that it was my last song that morning. I was on the air in the morning, 6 to 10, 9.55, I start that song, I sign off, hey, it's been fun, you know, go out and have a good Christmas day, blah, 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 blah. Here's Dan Fogelberg with his new song, Same Old Lang Syne. Plunk, started the song, phone rings, of course it didn't ring in the studio, we have lights that blink, 
answer the phone. Hey, boy, Richard Miller, listen, listen. Thanks for being such a good employee. Uh, we're not going to need you anymore. Today's going to be your last day. Is that okay with you? Yes, Richard, it's fine. Okay, bye. Merry Christmas. Click. That was it. I've never met that man, <laughs> but I can see that's how what he would say. He was just a crazy loon. You know? I mean, you know, in one hand... He was a unique person. Anybody? Aren't we all though? Well, no, 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 no. No, some people are very boring. Some people have a like, you know, they don't, you know, they and nothing against that. They go, you know, they get up in the morning, they take a shower, they get in their car, they drive to work, they do their job, they eat lunch, they come home. You know, if they're married, you know, they're either cooking or or, or somebody's cooking for them. They watch some TV. <laughs> they, you know, they go online for a while. They go to bed. Next morning, repeat, you know, rinse and repeat. Same, same thing every single day. Every single day. Not Richard Miller. You know, matter of fact, what's sort of sad is the end of his life was sort of very, very sad. His wife um, got um, some kind of debilitating disease where she was confined to a wheelchair uh, he was Jewish his entire life. Something happened, and like about a year before he died, he converted to Catholicism. He became a Catholic, which everybody went, what? And then he owned these banks, um, I guess a couple years before he died, Truman State Bank, and he had this guy who's, I think, still in jail. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, can't, not, it's not a tip of my tongue. He got in trouble for, you know, he crashed all these banks. And all. Uh, long story made short, Richard's banks got taken away from him. The FDIC came in one day and shut him down, lost his banks. So the end of his life was not good. And he, this was a guy who at that point in time was probably a multimillionaire, but probably a lot of his money was invested in his banks. He owned Truman State Banks. Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes is the guy's name. Sean Hayes is the guy that uh, got – part of it, he got involved with that guy, um, I don't know if you – Michael Litz. Michael Litz is the guy who was the real estate investor who was really screwing people over left and right. He was like selling people houses that he didn't own, you know, I mean, crazy stuff like that. And, and Sean Hayes was writing the loans for him and they both got nailed and they both got sent to jail. Sean Hayes went to jail. Michael Litz committed suicide rather than going to jail. Matter of fact, the day he was supposed to report to jail, he killed himself. I'm so sorry for that. Well, you know, it's, it's a sad story. But you know, in those circles, do you really think he killed himself? He did. Went to a hotel room. Yeah, uh, out in Chesterfield, I think. Well, old... you d- no, 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 no. He did. I'm not I, even going to go there you, on the you, first day you, of the you year. Think he, you think it's like a Jeffrey Epstein thing where they say, "Well, he committed suicide." When you know, then the get the the guards were asleep, the camera didn't work, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got the goods and all these famous people like Bill Clinton and Bill Gates and people like that. Yeah. We want to get rid of him. I don't know. Who knows? You know. I mean, remember that was the meme for a while. Jeffrey. Jeff. Remember, you'd see that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That kind of thing. Who knows? But see, once again, that's the example of if you get so much money, some people, if you get so much money, your life just goes in strange directions. You know, sometimes You know, money, I know that there's very many people that think that money fixes everything. It does. It does fix a lot. It does. But there are people out there with a lot of money that are absolutely insane. Well... I mean, part of it is is that some of them came came by by like uh, what's one friend of mine. She used to always call it the uh, the the people to watch out for are the uh, uh, trust fund babies. Those are the ones she said always watch out for the trust fund babies because once again, you know, first generation, you know, one not necessarily first generation, but their parents worked hard, started a business, were successful, and had tons of money, and then they came along and they got spoiled, you know, and to the point where you know money was no object, uh, you know, that kind of a thing. 
We'll go back and read. I don't know if they reissued the book. Go back and read the millionaire, the millionaire next door. Fascinating book, and essentially, what it chronicles is the people that you would never guess are millionaires are millionaires, and the people who are flaunting their wealth, driving around in all the nice cars, the BMWs, and things like that, are broke. You know, that's and, true. And and it comes down to net wealth. You can live in a million dollar house, but if you own if you owe nine hundred fifty thousand dollars on it, uh, nine hundred fifty thousand on a million dollar house. Uh, you got 50000 worth of net worth there, okay? And if you have a car that you bought last year and you paid $100,000 for and now it's depreciated and it's worth $80,000 and you paid ninety for it, well, now your net worth just decreased by $10,000 so now they're at $40,000. Maybe they got a couple thousand dollars in the bank. You know, they're driving around in fancy cars, living in a nice million-dollar house, and their net worth is like $40,000, okay? As opposed to some guy who's living in, you know, $150,000, $200,000 house. It's paid for. Um, you know, he's got a car. He's driving a used car. It's paid for. He's got a million dollars in the bank. He's the real millionaire. Get what I'm saying? I do. Shelly? I completely agree, actually. Well, you know, and that's... And the, the sad part of it is, <laughs> I listen to all these different... I listen to lots of podcasts. And by the way, podcaster is is up and running. We should talk about that. Uh, I'm still having we a couple. Should, I'm still having, I, I loved it. I'm still having a couple technical glitches. You too can be a pod jocks. You want to be a pod jocks? I you, do. You want to be one of the pod jocks? I do. Okay, well, put in your application. And this week, the applications, the form we're using is a $100 bill. So just write your name, address, phone number, and email address on the back of a $100 bill and send it to me. And we'll process can you put that. It on, can I just put it on that? The house account? No, we'll put it on. We'll put it on. We'll put it in the in the file. So, and we need a pod jocks. One of the pod jocks will call you. No, we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, so, it is our first show of 2023. We didn't go on Sunday because obviously we're never on Sunday. Yesterday we just didn't decide to go on. You know, which is sort of sad because we didn't decide that. Who decided that? The boss. Did you really want to go on yesterday morning? I did. I was working on podcaster. Honest to God, I really was. I, I believe it because it shows. Well, I still have glitches, that, and it's sort of frustrating. I've worked on this last night. I'm to the point where I'm like, okay. And, and once again, on one of our software platforms, customer support was not working yesterday. Normally, you send them an email, and you get a, you get a pretty quick response, or sometimes they even call you. Not this time. Hey, we're still on holiday. They're all from England. It's not on vacation. It's holiday. First day of the year, Brad. What's that? Today is? No. What do you mean? Yesterday was the first day of the year. No, Sunday was. Yes, yeah, Sunday was the first day of the year. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean yesterday? Yesterday was the second. Yeah, because it's the official, or the bankers, banks were all closed. But yet, I went to Home Depot yesterday. I went to, where did I go yesterday? I went to HD, um, where did I go yesterday? It was open. I went HD, a couple other places. Can't remember where. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 things are back open again. You know? Good. And the Sunday thing... Um, a lot of places were closed on Sunday that, you know, that normally are closed on Sunday. So they get a holiday today. Now, I have to tell you something. I was under the impression, I've been told years ago by a banker, maybe they changed the rules, that banks couldn't be closed for three days in a row. They could only be closed for two days. And if the banks were, if the holiday was like yesterday or, or Sunday, which it was, and they take, they took yesterday as a holiday, that means that they, they were, a lot of them were closed on Saturday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they were closed three days. I was under the impression that that was the case. I said that to a banker recently, and she said, nope, not the case. So I looked it up, and I think she's right. 
But you know what that rule was? The rule was, if you go back and watch It's a Wonderful Life, the banks closed for like weeks, and you couldn't get your money out. And that's why they made it a federal rule that you, I think it might be four days. You can't be closed. And certain states have, have state rules. Like if, you, if you're a, a, a state bank, you know, chartered under the state, there's federal banks and there's state banks. If you're chartered under the state, you can't, you can, it, I think Texas has that rule. I don't know if Missouri does or not. And what it's designed for, if the bank becomes insolvent, they just close their doors. And you can't get your money out. But, of course, nowadays, I wonder how that works nowadays with, with banking online and with debit cards and things like that. You still can get access to your money. You can go to the ATM, withdraw some money. But you can't, you can't withdraw, like, if you got a hundred, couple hundred thousand. I know, I, I can tell you a story, and I won't mention my banker, who told me the story that back in 2008, when things went in the toilet, a guy showed up at his bank one day and said, I would like to withdraw all my money from your bank, and I want it in cash. And the cashier, uh, the teller, looked at his account. He had $350,000 in the account. And she says, sir, I'm sorry, but we don't have $350,000 here. And he says, this is my bank. I have $350,000 in the account. I want my money now, and I want it in cash. So she calls, you know, the supervisor and the supervisor calls the vice president and the vice president calls another vice president. Pretty soon the vice president calls the president who I, who is my banker. And he shows up and says, sir, took some, took him in his office. He says, you may think you have 355 or $350,000 on a bank right now, but it's not here. It's in the federal reserve bank. And if you'll come back tomorrow, we'll have your money for you. And the guy did. And he came back and they gave him $350,000 in cash. He walked out with it in a shopping bag. Can you imagine that? <laughs> in in a Walmart bag. Yeah, probably in a Walmart bag. You know, one of those plastic <laughs> bags. One of the what they call the T shirt bags. You know, he walks yeah. out to his car <laughs> with with a third of a million dollars. Oh well. You know, and the crazy thing about that is people go, Oh my god, that's terrible. I say, Hey, knock yourself out. I, I'm I'm all for the I'm I think this trend of places that oh sorry, we don't accept, accept cash. Hey, it says right on the bill. You know, what is, I'll, I'll grab, I don't know if I have any money <laughs> to read or off that bill. What, legal tender for all debts, public and private. Isn't that what it says? Something like that? Something like that, yes. Which means, what do you mean? And, and in some cities, like I think in Philadelphia, they passed a law against restaurants and places like that not taking cash. Because, once again, who typically doesn't have credit cards and debit cards? Criminals. No, <laughs> poor people. Because they can't, oh. they can't get a bank account. Well, they can't get a credit card. They can't get a debit card. They, and they can't get a, a, a checking account. Well, I didn't have a whole lot of money when I got my first credit card, and I, I was able to get one. But that was, that, was, that was when you were young. That was three years ago. Yeah, I was young three years ago, and now it's changed. I'm trying to be nice. You know, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. Have that worked for you. <laughs> haven't worked yet. We're, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's 630. It is BS.show 635. It is the start of a new year. It is January 3rd, and you're listening to BS.show with Shelly and Brad. She's Brad. I'm Shelly. I get that right? She's Brad. I'm Shelly. Yeah. Something close like that. Okay. Something like that. A lot of things. It works have, either way. A lot of things have happened since um, we were on the air on Friday. One thing, they have arrested this guy who they think killed the four college students in Idaho. Is this a bizarre case or what? And and the guy. It sounds bizarre. I've got to be honest. Do you know the story about this guy? 
I do not. He is a student at Washington State University in Pullman. Okay, now, I didn't even realize this. I did my geography. It's right across the border from Idaho. So even though they were in uh, the college they were go, going to was in Moscow, Idaho, he was right across the border. And they say it's like, it's like 10 miles. It says it's like takes like from his place. He lived and he was, he was a graduate student. He's working on his PhD. And guess what? Criminology. He's got a bachelor's in some kind of you know criminology, a master's in some kind of criminology, and he's working on his PhD. And do you know how they started the? You know how what the, one of the breaks in the case was? No. A woman who worked at a quickie mart near where the murders took place worked the all night shift at a gas station. So when she wasn't busy for like a couple nights in a row. She just went through all the security camera video at the gas station. And a one apparently one of the cameras shot out into the road, and apparently there's not a lot of traffic in Moscow, Indiana. I don't know what they call it, Moscow, Moscow, whatever. Yeah, it's just spelled just like the Russian city, uh, M-O-S-C-O-W. Anyway, not a lot of traffic. And she picked up on this white Hyundai Elantra, and she did a, a screen grab on it and sent it to the police department. And she goes, here's a car that was driving away from, you know, the direction that she knew, away from the murder scene and at the time because, you know, they knew what time the murder had happened. And so, in other words, what she was doing is she was looking like before, you know, like let's say the murder took place at 3 o'clock in the morning. She's going through all the security camera video from like 1 o'clock to like 5 o'clock in the morning. And she sees this white Elantra. So they, you know, that's one of the leads. Then, and they were very closed-mouthed about the DNA evidence, and apparently they found DNA, and he's not in the database, but when they said, it's sort of interesting, because if you listen to the news reports, they said a, they searched this, they found various DNA, and imagine uh, there were parties at this place where they lived, so there's probably tons of people have been inside the place, and they, oh, yeah. they were processing all this DNA, and one of the DNA hits came back to his parents. And because he was not in the database. He was not in the database. And you know how you get in the database? No. You do the 23andMe thing. That's the public database. If you, really? Yes. If you, and, and what's interesting is, even if you're not in there, the DNA will track you to your parents and other people in your family. So in other words, if, you, if you've never done the 23andMe thing. I, the, I bought it, but I, well, Ancestry. Well, I, but I never used it i think it's kind of creepy myself you know i don't want to know you know for example my past is so weird on my father's side because of the fact that you know my father's father my grandfather left him when he was like two years old and never saw nor heard from him for 35 years and then one day when my dad is at work some dude shows up at the front office and says does lee hildebrand work here and the receptionist says yes and the guy says tell him his father's in city hospital he's dying he wants to see him my dad went down to City Hospital. Sure enough, is there a Lee, is you know is there a Zygmunt Hildebrand? Yes, he's in room thirty six oh four. My dad goes up to the room. Here's his father. Two hours later, two hours later, he dies. So you know, and I told you the story. Like with my grand, my other grandfather, my maternal grandfather, he died when I was like two. So I don't really have. I've never really had any grandfathers, so to speak. But anyway, they traced it back to this guy's family. Is is you know, and then the other bizarre thing was that he was at home for. 
for for Christmas, and the FBI had been. He was on one of the in the you know one of the watch lists, and apparently they'd been watching him for like a week, and they followed him. His father flew out. You know this guy. This what is the guy's name? The Kroberger. Kroberger. His father flew out to to Pullman, Washington, and they drove back together. And apparently, his parents must do okay because they say that they lived in a they live in a gated community. So, like, and once again, here we go. The news. I'm going like, okay. I've seen two reports that they raided the house at 1:30 in the morning, and then one of them saw said 1:30 in the afternoon. So they apparently is at 1:30. Just they're not sure if it was a.m. or p.m. At least the reports are, and they took him into custody. And he claims. He waives extradition, so in other words, he's probably on the way back, maybe even today, on the back on the way back to uh, Moscow, Idaho, and he claims that he's ready to show he's innocent. He's got a a, a um, public defender attorney, and he's going to show him he's innocent. And I heard on Sunday night, I'm a nerd, I listen to a lot of radio. There's a guy by the name of Billy Cunningham. You ever heard of Billy Cunningham before? I have not. Billy Cunningham used to have a TV show. He does a nationally syndicated radio show. He does a weekly show. He's in Cincinnati. I think he's on W... I always get these confused. There's WWL in... in I believe that's the one that's in New Orleans. And there's WLW, I believe, in Cincinnati. He's on the big, big talk station in Cincinnati. He is a criminal defense attorney. And at one point in time, he clerked for... I think he clerked for one of the Supreme Court justices, if I'm not mistaken. He's up there in years. He's probably 75, 76. He claims he's got more information. He claims that this guy, the guy they've arrested, charged with the four murders, he says that he had an interaction with one of the girls, and she sort of ticked him off. Or, yeah, she ticked him off. And there's you read all these reports about him, all these people that know him, they say he's very awkward and very socially socially inept that he's like a nerd that can't like deal with people he's like and they say sometimes people laugh at him because he asks questions like you know like very stupid i mean not it's not stupid questions but if you sit at home all day and study you don't know anything about tv shows or things like that you know what i mean you don't know anything about popular culture you don't know any you don't you know miley cyrus who's that you know that kind of a question people go you don't know who miley cyrus is you know what i'm saying i do so he claims He's got inside information on it, that he had some interaction with one of the three girls. Apparently, he tried to be friendly with her. He rebuffed her, or she rebuffed him, and they say that's what, what the whole thing happened, that he showed up at her place, knew where she lived, and, well, that not necessarily knew, but once again, he's a criminology major, so he, he can do research, you know, because part of criminology is, you know, searching. Well, it's always because of a skirt. Why would you say that? That's a strange thing for a woman to say. It's true. No, it's not. You think nine you, times out of ten it is. So if I go rob a bank today, it's because I'm giving it to a woman. It's like, hey, maybe you know, maybe I'm giving it to you. I don't know. <laughs> no, but but if if I drive at a hundred miles an hour down the highway, it's because of a woman. No, it's because your accelerator is stuck to the floor <laughs> because you wouldn't do that. Um, but see, <laughs> see what's you know what I find fascinating, and I'm not making fun of you, Shelley. Don't take this in the wrong you way. Totally, are I'm not fun. making fun of you. Seriously, listen to me. What, listen, to what I'm gonna say. Okay. If I would have said that, if I would have said that, it would have been sexist. You can say it, and it's okay. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
it's like black people if you call a black person the n-word don't you know, even mention that on the first day of the year you're gonna get in trouble but if a black person calls another black person n-word that's okay get what i'm saying it's like, why is it that if you're a woman and you call another woman out, well, that's okay. But if you're a woman, or like, no, like, 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 let's turn around a dude. If I'm a dude and I call a woman out, that's terrible. But if I call another dude out, hey, dude, you need to go to the gym. You know, boy, you got that big old, it's like, it'd be like me. Hey, Louis Capaldi, you know, if you're going to do those videos in your tidy whities you know, go do some reps at the gym. You know, push yourself away from the dinner table. Stop eating those donuts. You know, you lose some weight, you know, but... But if a woman would say that, people would say, oh, my God, she's picking on him just because he doesn't have the six-pack abs and the and the big old biceps. Get what I'm saying? Why is it that I it... think six-pack abs are overrated. Really? Yes. Can I tell you? I think a man should have a tummy. Really? Seriously? Yes. So you like the Louis Capaldi look where he's got the big old gut? I, I don't know what he looks like. I haven't we talked about that. his picture. We talked about that. Didn't you watch the video of that song? What song? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I probably did if you told me to. <laughs> he, he's the first time I saw it. I thought to myself, I've never seen a picture of him. He's got just like, for example, the guy that does that that song. Uh, there's another song. We, the guy's got this great big, deep, beautiful, beautiful voice. And you look at him. He's got like he looks like he's 20, and he's got like he looks like he's five foot three, and he's got this big like voice. His, his, oh, who, so who his, his uh, voice has changed. No, no, it's just, see, there's all sorts of research about this, that male testosterone, testosterone, I get that wrong, it's testosterone, isn't it testosterone? I always call it testosterone, testosterone, male testosterone, on the average, is decreasing every decade. And I believe it. I, you know what? I do too. I think that yep. it's the feminization of men, because... You can't be a macho guy anymore. We've talked about this before. You know, like you there's, can be. It's just that well, people are not choosing to be. There's a generation of guys like you know Sylvester Stallone. You know the the guys like him. Uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger. Red Butler. Well, no, no, no. Clark I mean, Gable. no, no, no. But 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 that's a different. That's a whole different generation. But the latest generation. I know, but it's a great generation. Well, but see, there are no like. Think about it for a minute. There are no like in current pop. Name me one guy who's like a tough guy. It's not Ryan Reynolds. It's not Ryan. What's the other guy? Ryan Reynolds, the two guy, and the this guy from from Canada. Ryan can't remember his name. Um, it's not Ryan Reynolds. It's not all these. You know, they're all sort of wimpy guys. You know, nothing against Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he's just he's just not like the kind of guy that that you'd see in a bar break up a bar fight. You know what I mean? Like you know, Sylvester Stallone. Two guys start to duke it out. You know, Sly would just step in. Hey guys, take it outside, right? Don't you think? Pretty much, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the same thing. Hey, dudes, go out in the parking lot if you're going to throw punches, right? You know, that's the way it would be. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> right, you're bothering my dinner. My date's not happy. You know, you're you're making a scene, and I've come here to try to make time with this woman, and you're bothering me out in the you're parking lot. <laughs> right, out in the bar parking lot right now. Okay, we have to take a break. It's right. That was your fault. <laughs> it was my fault. Everything's my fault. Remember, Billy Jean, everything is my uh, fault. 647. Blech. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Good morning to you, Shelly. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, Brad. 
Everything good with you? I'm doing fantabulous. Uh, I know you don't follow football. Did you know what happened last night with the Monday Night Football game? Terrible thing. No. Uh, guy for the Buffalo Bills, I think he was a safety, or is a safety, Damar Hamlin, H-A-M-L-I-N, after a tackle, took a couple, got up, took a couple steps, fell down the field, his heart had stopped. Oh, my. They went out in the field, did CPR on him, uh, put the paddles on him, took him away in an ambulance. Uh, officially, the DeMar, uh, the Buffalo Bills this morning said, quote, Hamlin's heartbeat was restored in the field and was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing. He's currently sedated and listing in critical, listed in critical condition, according to the team. He's, tw- what, 22, 23, something like that? It doesn't matter how old you are uh this is it doesn't have an age limit yes this is the official statement damar hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the bengals last night his heartbeat was restored on the field and he was transferred to the uc medical center for further testing and treatment he's currently sedated and listed in critical condition um you know those aeds will not um engage if the person is already passed well, that's what you told me. You said that they've yes. got they've got smarts built into them that they essentially calculate what the condition of the person is, and if the person is not suitable to have the the shock, it won't happen, right? Correct. Uh, let me read this. The scary incident occurred with 5:58 remaining in the first quarter, and Cincinnati leading the game seven to three. The Bengals were on their second drive of the game when quarterback Joe Burrow threw a pass to T. Higgins. Bill safety Hamlin came over to make a tackle to end the play. Um, uh, Hamlin was on the ground for a while as he received CPR from the medical staff on the ground before he was put in an ambulance. Hamlin was, been, was being rushed to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, they've suspended the game. The game essentially was was ended. I don't know if I, I don't know if they'll have it again. I sort of doubt it because it. I don't know where. I'm not a football fan, so I can't tell you where the Bills and the and the Buffalo and the Cincinnati team are are in the playoffs. If this is going to be the kind of game that's going to decide a playoff position. I would assume that if it doesn't decide a playoff position, they just won't continue the game. The game will just essentially be officially suspended and and will not count for either team. It'll just be like essentially like the game didn't even take place. And you know, you don't think about that kind of thing, but I remember reading something years ago and at one point in time my one doctor and I asked him and he said he agreed with it. The article I read talked about if you have a heart attack, like in your 50s or 60s or 70s, a lot of times you'll survive that. If you have a heart attack in your 20s and 30s, it's almost always fatal. And I'm going like, why is that? You'd think it would be just the opposite, wouldn't you? You know, when you're... Because perhaps um, when where they have their blockage is in their widowmaker. Well, but... And you, you don't come back from that. But you think as a younger person, you'd be more resilient. You know, I mean, you can, you know, younger, no. you know, younger people can get the crap kicked out of them. If and, you have a heart attack, that means you've got, yeah, but you know, heart disease. I get it. But, but once again, if you're young, you know, once again, if I punch a 22-year-old kid in the chest, you know, I hit him hard and he's just going to say, dude, what'd you do? And he's going to deck me. Okay. I punch uh-huh. a 72 year old kid, you know, guy in the chest, and the chances are I could kill him. You know, remember we had that story. We had that you story. Kill anybody, Brad? Well, no, no, no. We had that story last week where the the guy, the paramedic, the guy, you know, was what it was one of the hospitals in South City. Uh, they had an unruly patient. He was trying to get her out of the hospital. It's like three o'clock in the morning, and she punched him in the head, and then he died the next day. He had, and they say it was because of the fact that she did 
traumatic traumatic brain injury or something like that, and it didn't it didn't kick in till like twelve hours later. You know, he didn't like she didn't punch him and he just fell on the floor dead. You know, he apparently was still you know he didn't even knock him unconscious, but it did damage to something in his brain, and then like you know twelve hours later he died. But he wasn't he I don't think he was really old. I think he was like in a, his forties or fifties. God, don't punch me in the head. You know. No, it's only the throat I'm going <laughs> yeah, for. It's only the throat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope this, you know. Yeah, things just don't change. I don't care what year it is. Well, a deal with this with this guy. Um, I hope things work out for him. I, mean, I do too. Because it's sad. Twenty-two years old. He's playing for the NFL. He's probably this is probably the dream of his life. He's probably played football since he was like two years old. You know, and something like that. And the team, there's pictures of the team, the entire, you know, now, once again, there's going to be some knucklehead who's going to come out. There's a picture of the Buffalo Bills players and staff kneel together in solidarity, and they're saying a prayer, okay? There's some knucklehead that's going to come along and say, I think that's terrible. They had a prayer on the field. I don't want to see that. That's religion. Don't throw religion down my throat. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> some knucklehead. Sure embrace a... <sighs> The God Squad on uh, the Rams. What now? I said they sure did embrace the God Squad at, that played on the Rams in the Rams. Well, that's different. Why? Oh, he's 24. Uh, I didn't have, she said the smartest woman in the world says vitals back to normal. He didn't have a heart attack. Well, your heart stopped. How, isn't that a heart attack? When your heart stops, is that a heart attack? You know, <laughs> right? No? No, I don't think so, actually. Hmm. Anyway. Weird stuff. Okay. Um, have you got Tiffany your new... Tiffany would be one to ask. If I call her, she never answers. So try to call her now. <laughs> I can't. 6.58. We got to take a break. Oh. Not time. Maybe, maybe I'll do it next hour. So you got all your New Year's resolutions done? I don't do New Year's resolutions. I just want to get through the year <laughs> and not have it suck like 2022. Well. And 2021. 2020 and was. And 20. 2020 was the worst. I mean, that was, I mean, that was the worst. It was just, let's just be honest. It just sucked. You know. And What, 2020? Well, I mean, this whole. It did on personal levels. Here, here 2021 we... and two, it was just um, probably one of the hardest couple years I've ever had. Well, here we go again with with the 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 COVID thing because now there's I, I read something over the weekend that how every day there's a million people who are like suffering a million more people in China. And I'm going, okay, here we go again. It's coming from China and and once again, remember Trump got in trouble for shutting all the airlines down. You couldn't come from China to the United States anymore. Now you can. Oh, we can't keep those Chinese people out. They're such nice people. They're nice people, but guess what? They live in a crappy country that's controlled by despots who are trying to rule the world, and we don't need that because we're the United States of America, right? We have to take a break. Should I call her next next hour? Call your daughter? You should. Okay, it's 6.59. She loves it. That's the song that Shelly loves because one day she knows she'll be laughing at me from hell, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Laughing up at you from hell. Shelly brought that to my attention. I, you know, that song is sort of, if you listen to the lyrics, it's sort of dark, you know? That's Taylor Swift, right? I don't, yeah, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm, she's talking about, you people mess with me, you're not in my will. Ha. 
Well, I don't care about being in her wheel. I just want tickets to her concert. You know what I'm saying? That's a, I, <laughs> because if I had tickets to her concert, it would like to be one in her wheel. I could probably sell them for $80,000 or something like that, right? I don't know. Is she probably. Even, is she even coming to St. Louis? I don't know if she is or not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So you, she got her start. I'm thinking that she should. She didn't get her start in St. Louis. Well, she for St. Louis, she did. What does that mean? <laughs> because she, she was on the stage all by herself. Oh, I remember. Th- I told you that story, didn't I? Yes. Out at Riverport years and years and years yes. ago. I can't remember who it was. She was like the opening. Oh, God, you for- I forgot about that. Oh, this has probably been, I don't know, 12 years ago or something like that. It's the first. No, it had to be longer than that because. Anyway, go on. Okay. I had never been to Riverport before. Never. Okay. And Which in that in itself is hilarious. Well, I I always I've always had an, a deep appreciation for a deep appreciation for Brad Paisley. I think he's an incredibly talented guy. Okay. And somebody gave me a ticket i can't remember how i ended up going but it was a lot it was a miserable night it rained and the whole bit i didn't stay for a whole concert so you know i'd never been there before and i'm looking around i'm walking around and okay you know sitting up on the on the berm whatever the heck it is and this concert starts and they have they have two opening acts no they had three opening acts and the very first act was somebody says and now welcome taylor swift and i'm going like I've heard of her before, and she walks out on stage. She's got a guitar, and they put a microphone stand in front of her, and she's like in this long sundress, and she's just like, you know, strumming her guitar and singing. And she sings like two songs, and the crowd starts to chant, bring on bread, bring on bread, bring on bread, because it was a Brad Baisley concert. And she did like another song, and she walked off the stage. And she was just, in other words, she just stood out there with a microphone stand and a guitar, and that was her thinking to myself, wow, things changed. You know, people didn't want people didn't want to hear her. They wanted to hear Brad Paisley. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let's call. We're gonna call your daughter. Any money, I'll get her voicemail again. She never she never wants to talk to us anymore. It's always the same. We call her, she sees my number come out of caller ID. Oh, Chris, I'm not gonna talk to him again. He's such a jerk. I doubt she says that. She's never said that to me. Well, she says it to me. She'll call me and she say, stop calling me when you're on the air. You're a jerk. She did not say that. She did say that. I got it recorded. Uh-huh. You show hear it? it to me, Brad. No, I want to show it to you. I'm going to play it for you. Okay. Hi, you reached Tiffany Gaines. Sorry I missed your phone call. Leave me a message and I'll call you back. Have a great day. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. You know, Tiffany, had all my New Year's resolutions. Here it is, the 3rd of January. Things are going great for me. Everything's going fine. I call you. You don't answer. My year's been ruined. Thank you so Sniffle. much. Thank you so much. Okay. We're going to talk about that. We were going to talk to her about the heart attack. Okay, the smartest woman in the world has informed me that they are, for the past two weeks, they are checking people from China. They're coming to the United States via airplane that you can't be positive. You have to have a negative test within 72 hours of coming to the United States. So 72 hours is what? Three days? 24 is one, 48 is two, and another 48 and 24. Yeah, 72 hours, 72 hours. Okay. 
Um, what's crazy about that is, think about this for a minute, we're testing people coming to the United States via plane, but yet millions of people come across the border and nobody pays any attention to that. Can you believe this? I know, I know this is political. I don't understand the whole crazy thing. I mean, why is it that, and, and it's like, what's, what's the old thing? The, the emperor has no clothes. You know that, you know, that whole goofy story. Emperor has, I remember, well, I remember reading about it and having a book about it, but I don't remember why he has no clothes. Well, for whatever reason, he doesn't have any clothes and people don't, people don't pay attention. Well, you know, and then finally somebody says the emperor has no clothes and people go, Oh my God, he's naked. It's like the same thing with like our border. It's like, you know, like you talk to, you know, here Biden, you know, the, the guy who's at Moriorcus, whatever his name is, he's in a press conference recently. Some one people ask, are, is the border secure? Border secure. They ask Corrine, whatever her name is, the press secretary, is the border secure? Border secure. I mean, it's crazy. And what's interesting is nowadays, if you read these reports, almost everybody coming across the border is not from Mexico. They're from all over the world. Think about it. If I had money, like let's say I lived in, in a country that was, let's say I lived in Belgium or something like that, and I knew that the future of my of my family was to get the United States because the land of opportunity, all that kind of good stuff, right? And if I had a little money, I would, I would get a plane, I'd somehow try to fly into Mexico, get like somebody who would drive me up to the border, bang, bring my family across the border. We're in the United States. Hey, you know. Don't have to go through immigration. Don't have to take the test. Don't have to do any of that. We're here. We're, you know, hey, come on, kids. You know, and once again, the kids, because of the fact that then that's the whole thing they call, what's that, the, 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 the DACA thing? You know what I'm talking about? The DACA thing? DACA, D-A-C-A. There's a, there's a case that's been going on for oh, years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That if, like, let's say, let's say a, a husband and wife from Mexico illegally crossed the border and then when they got here the united states they had kids are the kids illegal immigrants as well too and they're trying to say that what they call the they're called who i think one was it what's her face kamala called them dreamers they're dreamers they want to come to the united states okay here's my problem with the whole thing going on in mexico okay think about this for a minute let's say a bunch of canadians decided they wanted to go to mexico they didn't like living in Canada. And let's say a bunch of them decided, hey, we're all going to go south. We're going to cut through the United States. We're going to go to Mexico. Okay? And let's say they had a caravan of like a couple thousand people like we've seen come up from Nicaragua and places like that. Okay? Don't you think that a couple of thousand people on foot walking through the United States, don't you think at some point they'd be stopped by maybe the South Dakota police, the North Dakota police, the... The you know look at the states go through the states the Kansas police the Oklahoma police the Texas police hey there's two thousand where are you going we're going we're going to we're going to Mexico well where are you from we're from Canada do you have a passport no we just came across the border no nobody looked we just came across the border don't you think somebody would say something and don't you think that would be a story like every day like let's say they were coming let's say they're coming from like someplace like montreal okay and they get to the united states or let's say let's say they they were coming from detroit you know they're, they're windsor ontario is right across the, the the border from from detroit okay so they get into detroit detroit and then they they ultimately get they go to chicago and then they come down i-55 they come right through st louis two thousand of them walking down the interstate 
Don't you think that would be like the number one news story on Channel 2, 4, 5, 30, 9, 11? Don't you think that all the radio stations would be out there covering it? Don't you think the Post-Dispatch would have 20 reporters out there? My God, there's 2,000 immigrants from Canada going to Mexico. Don't you think that would be a big story? And don't you think the, I do. And don't you think the government would step in and say, hey, hold on a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's 2,000 of you. Where are you going? We're going to Mexico. Well, where are you from? We're from Canada. Yeah? So go back to Canada. Oh, I can't do that. Canada's not good. We don't like Canada anymore. They got too much hockey. Okay, we have hockey here. We have more more hockey. It's cold up there. We want to go down where it's warm, Mexico. Okay, do you have passports? No. Do you have your your COVID-19 shots? No. (laughs) Okay, turn around, go back. But yet that doesn't happen in Mexico. And see, the interesting thing about it is, is that all it would take was somebody like Biden to call up the president of Mexico and say, hey, guys, you know what? You're letting these people come from, from, from you know, all these southern countries and people are even, you know, flying into your Mexico City and, and you know, Tijuana and places like that on the, on, the, on the Gulf Coast of Mexico. You know, you know what? We don't appreciate that. And you know what? We're sending you aid money and we got a lot of American manufacturers, a lot of cars being manufactured in Mexico and a lot of things being assembled. You know, how many things do I buy nowadays that say assembled in Mexico? Okay. <clears throat> we're not going to let, we're, we're not going to take those, let those things. And you know, your trucks, your trucks bring those products from Mexico and the United States. We're not going to let them in anymore. Okay. Fix this border thing and we'll, we'll get back to normal. But will they do that? No, I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. And yet, and yet, they act like, oh, there's, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> there's, there's. <laughs> well, part of them say there's nothing to see here. The other part says, um, I don't know what they say. There's what do a, they say, Brad? There's a great scene in one of the Naked Gun movies with Leslie Nielsen. I believe this is the one that's got O.J. Simpson as well, too, where they have this police chase. And they're, you know, it's like this, it's like almost comical. It's like every police chase you've seen and every little cliche in a police chase, car chase. And ultimately, the car that they're chasing smashes into a fireworks factory. And there's fireworks going off left and right. And Leslie Nielsen is out in front and a crowd's gathering. And there's a shot of him saying, hey, go away. There's nothing to see here, nothing to see here. And there's fireworks going off behind her, behind him. And there's, you know, there's fire everywhere and it's explosions. There's nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Don't you think that's sort of the way it is with our border? It's like nothing to see here. Okay. That's funny. Well, no, no, but, but it's. No, really, it is funny. I don't understand it. And the crazy thing about it is on one hand, we're not letting the Chinese people come in unless they have a COVID test within 72 hours. But on the southern border, nobody cares. I worked with a guy years ago. I can't remember his name. Matter of fact, at one point in time, can I tell you a really funny story? You'd get a kick out of this. Sure. He worked at 550 KTRS. And something happened. He got fired. And he called me up one day. I didn't know him. And he says, hey, he says, I want to take you to lunch. I go, why do you want to take me? I want to take you to lunch. He lived out in O'Fallon at the time. And what he wanted to do was he wanted me to switch KSLQ over to God Squad because he was like one of those guys that loved God Squad music. And he wanted me to switch it. And he was he was making me a pretty good argument. He said he's got advertisers lined up in the whole bid. I think this is before 99.1 went on the air. It's been a long time ago. Anyway, he got hired at one of the big stations in Dallas. And he did this thing. I mean, this is like maybe 18, 20 years ago. 
and he did this thing where he crossed the border. He, he did this as part of his morning show. He took a whole week where he went down to the border, and they spent like three or four days on the border. I think they went to El Paso, El Paso and he w- did a show from the border. And then one day, they, they drove out of El Paso to like, I don't know, 30, 40 miles out of El Paso, and they crossed the border and went to Mexico. And they did the opposite. And I believe they got caught by the Mexican police and thrown in jail because they illegally crossed the border. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it's okay for all those people from Mexico to cross the border, but cross the border from the United States and Mexico, you're in jail. Years ago, a friend of mine used to always say, the fences around the United States are not to pe- pe- keep people in. You know what I'm saying? Can you repeat that? The people, the fences in the United States, around the United States, are not to keep people in. So in other words... That makes sense. Nobody, for the most part, wants to leave the United States. Everybody wants to come here, but most people, I mean, there are some people that hate the country and want to leave and become ex- expats and move to another country, move to Europe. And some of them actually denounce their citizenship, which is, to me, sort of interesting. But um, the majority of people want to get here. And you look at, you know, the St. Louis area. You know, years ago, we've got the Dogtown area. That was where the Irish settled. You got the Hill where the Italian people settled. Now you got parts of the city of St. Louis, the Bosnians, the Vietnamese, you know, now the Afghan Afghanistanis. You know, I mean they come to this country and they have tremendous ability. And why how come the immigrants can come here and start a business and be successful when the people who are second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation here are on welfare? Explain that to me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> an awful lot to explain for me i don't get it i don't get it a lot of things i don't get anyway it is 720 what are some of the things you don't get i see things like that i don't understand i mean you know you know do you know who gary vaynerchuk is vaynerchuk however he pronounces his name i do okay he's this guy this guy he's become like an influencer social media star the whole bit whatever you want to call it his parents emigrated from russia He's Russian. He's, he's like, originally, he's a Russian Jew. His parents are Jewish. They came to the United States when he was like, I don't know, three or four years old. He was a young kid. Got to the United States, legally got here to the United States, immigrated, stood in line, became, and his dad originally took, they lit one, he talks, I remember he tells a story that is him, and I think he's got a couple siblings, a brother and sister, something like that. They had a one bedroom apartment, real small apartment someplace in Brooklyn or something like that. And his dad came to the United States, and his dad, got a job as the janitor at a liquor store, literally cleaned the place, mopped the floors, you know, cleaned the toilets, that kind of stuff. And he worked his way up to the point where he became the manager of the liquor store, and then ultimately he started his own liquor store, okay? Gary Vaynerchuk does this thing where he drives around, and he still does, he drives around to garage sales on Saturday. All he does is go to garage sales on Saturday, and he buys stuff. He buys all sorts of weird stuff, you know, and it used to, I don't know if he does this, but if you go on Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, how he calls himself, Gary V, if I, I bet you, here, let me go on right now. If I go onto YouTube and I just type in, I'm going to search, I'm going to go Gary V, G-A-R-Y, Gary V garage sale, G-A, G-A-R-A-G-E, garage sale. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of them. 
Gary V Garage Sale, Gary V Garage Sale Flipping, Gary V Garage Sale Tips, okay? All he does is go to garage sales, and he buys all this crazy stuff. Matter of fact, here's one. Here's here's a video he put up four years ago. Turning $75 in, a, in pins and Hot Wheels cars into $1,000 plus. He buys all this crazy stuff. Like in this one, he's, he's holding a Smurf doll. He's got a, a cat in a hat doll. He's got a bunch of mugs and stuff like that. So... And here's Trash Talk episode four. When a millionaire gets excited about making five bucks, and he talks, he's turning, here here one day, here's Trash Talk number five, turning $47 into $430 by flipping trash. Here's number, jackpot of a lifetime found at a garage sale. He's buying all this crazy stuff. And once again, um, here's episode number six, turning $275 worth of mango books into more than $6,000. Okay. Once again, he's out hustling. He's out on a Saturday morning. He's driving around. He's going to, you know, he lives in New York City, and he's driving around in the various places, going to garage sales, buys stuff, takes it back to his place, puts it on eBay. I mean, I told you the goofy story, the stuff people have given me. Probably my my best deal ever was I had a guy that owed me some money. I mean, not a lot, like a couple hundred bucks. I I did some advertising for him. I don't even know what it was. And he felt bad about that, you know, he couldn't pay me. So one day he shows up at my office with a parking lot striping machine. Did I ever tell you this story? No. <laughs> he shows up at my at my office with a parking lot striping machine. You know when they put down new yes. m- put a new parking lot, they have the machines that have the little you know f- the you know the tank with paint in it, and you str- yeah. you put stripes in parking lots. Okay. So he says, "If I give you this, or we call it even." I go, "Yeah, that's fine." So the thing had a motor on it and it looked practically new. He tells me the story that his daughter falls in love with this guy and the guy's had sort of a tough life and he can't keep a job and yada 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 and he doesn't have any you know and 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 so he decides to help the guy out and he says to this you know his daughter's boyfriend hey is there anything i can do to help you out start a business he says yeah he says i got a friend of mine that works at a paving company and they need somebody to stripe parking lots after they pave them and he goes, well, can you do that? Yeah, I used to do that. He worked for another paving company. All I need is this machine. It's a parking lot, you know, spray paint machine. It's got wheels and got a, a you know, an engine. It's got a, a tank on it. You put the, the yellow paint in there, and you hit a button, and it sprays stripes. He says, can you get one of those? Yeah, I, I know where to get one. So he goes and gives the guy money to buy this machine, okay? The guy goes out and buys the machine, does one parking lot, and leaves town. <laughs> he, he leaves. Wow. He drops his this guy's daughter, you know, which he's probably happy about. And he leaves the machine, but he used it once, and he didn't clean it out. All the paint was in there. It's all like crusted in the in the you know the paint bowl, and it, all the paint lines were all. So he gives it to me. He says, "We even." I go, "Yeah, it's we even." So I take it apart. You know, I I put some paint thinner in it and get all you know it takes me a couple hours to chip all the old you know the big crusty paints out of the big paint pot you know and it takes me a while to get the lines I have to take the lines apart and clean them out you know and finally get the thing running I get the thing running you know I'm in the parking lots painting lines in my parking lot you know wow this is cool I go I don't need this machine so machine so back in the day I put it in the post-dispatch one ads little tiny ad you know parking lot striping machine you know you know, uh, you know, no pictures, just like, you know, put my phone number in there. I get two phone calls. The first is some guy who works for a bus company, like a school bus company, and he wants to know if he can buy it because they have to paint, you know, they get their parking lot restriped all the time. They do it themselves. You know, they, they seal coat their own parking lot and they stripe their own, you know, they, they're going to buy their own machine. The other guy 
is from a company. I still remember the company out in Bridgeton. And he says, he says, what model is that? And he asked me what brand it is and the whole bid. And he says, um, can you come by our office? Bring it by our office, go take a look at it? I go, sure. I throw it in the back of my truck. I drive out there. <laughs> the guy looks at it, starts it up, you know, runs it around the parking lot a few times, nothing in it. He says, I'll be right back. Comes out, hands me a check for $1,800. Why? I'm going, because he bought it from me. And the crazy thing is, uh. he bought it from me because guess where it came from? Him. He sold it new. And they're like, they're like $4,000 machines. And I'm going like, okay, 1800 bucks Sounds good to me. You know? I mean, deals like that don't come along all the time. But, I mean, there's guys flipping cars. There's a guy out of Wichita, Kansas, watch JR go, that people give him cars. He fixes them and then sells them. Like, you know, somebody gives him a car. He puts a couple hundred bucks in fix and sells it for like $1,000. Yep. Does a couple of them a week like that. Yep. But yet... You got people. Matter of fact, I have to see if I can find this. Mike Otten sent me this list of, of the amount of money that people are getting like on welfare. You wouldn't believe the amount of money. See if I can find it next break. Okay. You sound really excited this morning, are you? I am excited. You pumped about the new year? I'm um wishy washy about it. I got another good one there. Oh, bye. I bought. I got a, a bunch of new Shelly ones. I have to get them. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's a brand new year, Brad. <laughs> it's seven twenty-eight. <laughs> BS dot show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Remember nineteen ninety-nine, Shelly. Remember that year? Everybody thought that when turned over to Y two K year two thousand, that planes were going to fall out of the sky. I, I do remember that. You worked at the FAA then, didn't you? Ninety-nine. Yes, you I did. Were you part of that whole thing? That like, oh my god! Remember they said that anything that had an embedded chip. Because the way the computers yes, worked, I remember all that. Back in the day, they didn't have a four-digit year code; they had a two-digit year code. So, in other words, they claimed that once it turned over from ninety-nine to zero zero, the computer would, would know would know what to do. So, planes would fall out of the sky, banks would close, cars would stop running. You know, you'd be driving down the car on the street, and all of a sudden, oh, it's it's New Year's Eve, and it's the year two thousand. Oh, my car just stopped. Why is that? Remember, everybody was, you know, everybody's talking about, we're Y2K compliant. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. You had all sorts of stuff you had to do with the FAA, didn't you? Didn't you have equipment you had to check out and stuff like that? Yes. And and not just my, you know, my organization, because it it was called Aries Facilities, the, the division I worked for. But then they were broken up into different segments. Like I was, um air navigation and, and communications. And then there was the radar unit. Then there was the TRACON unit. And then there was the environmental support. And a lot of them had to be checked and rechecked and checked again. Yes, it was a thing. Well, I, I recently bought a piece of equipment. And I forgot about this until I you know used piece of equipment that broadcast piece of equipment. On the back, it had a sticker that said Y2K compliant. And I thought to myself, and this is like maybe, you know, piece of equipment's like maybe 25, 30 years old. And I go, I forgot about that. And I had friends of mine that were engineers at radio stations that like for the entire year, they spent time researching all the equipment, like all their equipment in the radio station. They were called up manufacturers saying, okay, we've got an XYZ 2506 
And the manufacturer would say, yep, that one's Y2K compliant. And then they say, we got an XYZ 2503. Oh, no, that one's got a problem. Send us the serial number, and we'll send you a couple new chips that'll fix that problem. Did you have the same kind of stuff like in, in with the aviation stuff? We did, at least with the Ares facilities. And it was funny because, let's see, was she the director of transportation? But the, the the head person of DOT was flying in the in the air. That's right. They did live. it. On, they did it on purpose because they wanted to show. Hey, there's nothing to worry about. Yes, yes. I do remember. And they that. made sure that she was flying in the air at midnight uh, during when Y2K came and went. God, wouldn't it have been funny if somebody like screwed with the transmission from the plane? Oh, hey, hey, she's gone. What happened? <laughs> I don't think that'd be funny, actually. I think that would be people be jumping uh, off prison. People be jumping out of windows. Supermax. <laughs> oh my God! The plane fell out of the sky. <laughs> that would be like the guy who says, "Hey, watch me, watch me do." That's what they say. What's what's the last words of rednecks is born there before they're killed? You know what that? You know what the last words are? Rednecks before they get killed. Uh-uh. Hey, watch this. <laughs> you watch these videos of some of these guys. They're like, you know, there's whole videos on guys chopping down trees. You ever seen? I watch these weird videos. It's nothing but videos of guys cutting down tr- amateur guys, amateur tree cutters, whatever you want to call it, amateur arborists who are like cutting down trees and the tree always falls the wrong way. They think it's going to fall away from the house. Guess what? It doesn't. It falls on the house. You know, it's like, hey, watch this. Okay. Do you do you know who this is? And I've read about this recently. The guy's name is Michael Malik Zeta. His last name is spelled M-A-L-E-K-Z-A-D-E-H. Most people refer to I do not know that name. Most people just refer to him as Zeta. Okay. He's a guy, he got arrested, um, matter of fact, he got arrested back in November of last year, November of 22, just a couple months ago. And he, they claim, the government claims he operated a Ponzi scheme that scammed customers out of more than $70 million. What he did was he bought, and they don't know exactly to this day how he did it, but he bought sneakers by the truckload and some of them very rare and collectible sneakers. Brand new, not used stuff. And he claims that he sold 600,000 pairs of Air Jordan 11 cool gray sneakers. He sold 600,000 of them, and he only had 6,000 pairs. So he took the money from 600,000, or not necessarily necessarily 600,000 people, because some people bought more than one pair. Some people bought hundreds of pairs. 600,000 pairs of Air Jordan 11 cool gray, and he only had 6,000. And supposedly, his customers for years would buy sneakers from him, and nobody knows where he got them from because he would sell them below retail. So in other words, if there were like Air Jordans, let's say these Air Jordan... Did they burn their fingers? No, 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 no. The, they, they don't know how he got them. They think he had some kind of connection in China. Where somebody these were these were not knockoffs these were actually authentic shoes Air Jordans and and Nike and Adidas and all these other kind of shoes he actually had these legitimately they weren't they weren't knockoffs they were legitimate you know actual products they think 
he was getting them backdoor from somebody in China. So in other words, the Chinese plants were making, they were telling Nike they were making 100,000 pair of this particular shoe, and they were making like 120,000 pair, and they weren't telling Nike. And this guy was buying them, you know, through some backdoor, some gray market, and then he'd bring them to the United States, and he'd put them online, and he'd sell them for typically 20 to 30% less than retail, and some of these shoes were very, very, very popular to the point where people were playing, paying retail plus. So in other words, let's say they were $300 retail, and he was buying them for $200. He would turn them around and sell them for $250 to these people. And then people would buy like 100 pair of them, and they would sell them for like three, four, five dollars $500. So everybody's making money, okay? Yes. But he got a little bit carried away. And once again, on these, these Air Jordans, this particular model, he sold... He sold, uh, what did I say, 600,000 pair, and he only had 6,000. So people were going like, hey, where's my sneakers? So finally, the thing crashed. He was 39, Eugene, Oregon. He's charged with wire fraud, conspiracy to commit bank fraud, and money laundering. His fiance, Bethany Mockerman, has also been charged with conspiracy with Malazadek to commit bank fraud. Both have pleaded not guilty. He started his business in 2013 by purchasing limited edition and collectible sneakers to resell online with scarcity and coolness inflating profits. But things really moved into overdrive during the COVID-19 pandemic. Talks about uh, in early 2000, early 2020, Zeta Kicks, that's the name of his company, Zeta Kicks began offering offering pre-orders of sneakers before their public release dates by being able to get his hands on the rarest Nike Air Jordans and Yeezys. Once again, somehow or another, he was pulling something with the people in China. It is alleged that he advertised, sold, and collected payments from customers for pre-orders, knowing full well he couldn't satisfy all the orders that had been placed. The scheme is alleged to have continued through 2021. According to the feds, a fraud ran for years and unraveled in months. And talked about, in one such scheme, talked about this, he began selling pre-orders of Nike Air Jordan 11 cool gray sneakers. He put the sneakers on sale for between $115 and $200 a pair, Far cheaper than their expected retail price of around 225. The company received and accepted pre-order sales for more than 600,000 pairs of sneakers, resulting in payments to uh, this guy, Kempernet Malazeda, whatever he's. Let's call him Zeta, of more than 70 million dollars. He got 70 million dollars, but he had nowhere close to the number of sneakers needed. In fact, he was only able to acquire roughly 6,000 pairs of sneakers. So, did he give the money back to people? No, he just kept it. He owed the customers more than $70 million in undelivered sneakers and unknown additional millions held by customers in worthless company gift cards. The, co- the following month, his business was dissolved while his social media accounts were also scrubbed. He just disappeared. <coughs> before that, Zeta. I've thought about that before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. Okay. So guess what? He flaunts what? His, law, his, his, his wealth right before... He closes down his place, and he and he screws all these people. He shows off his collection of Ferraris. I've never even heard this before. Gerard Perigo timepiece, G A G I R A R D dash P E R R E G A U X, some kind of a watch. Have you ever heard of that before? I was going to say it's a watch. Gerard Perigo timepiece, and posted pictures of him riding around on his twenty-nine thousand dollar Louis Vuitton bicycle. Inside his Oregon mansion. In the last two years, it's just estimated he spent more than $10 million of the pre-order money on luxury items for himself as a fiancé, Mockerman, including watches, furs, and handbags. Federal authorities have uh, alleged the pair customer uh, used customer money to make a down payment on a house together with $600,000 remodeling work 
In a court filing, the company states that it, quote, experienced exponential growth in business from January 2020 to May 2022, primarily owing to pre-orders, and that is, was unable to keep up with rapid growth because of inadequate, quote, internal systems and processes. Yeah, right. Um. <laughs> uh, his girlfriend was sounds like the sounds like crypto boy here. His girlfriend That's was funny. was Zeta Kicks. Boy. Well, the crypto boy. Remember the whole deal with that FTX. His girlfriend ran the other company. Yeah, and they were trading money back and forth. Not like, yes. not, hey honey, can I have twenty bucks? Hey honey, can I have twenty million? Hey honey, can I have two billion? Yeah, here's two billion. Now give me three billion. Okay, honey, here's three billion. Okay, hey next week. Hey, I need four billion. Oh no problem, honey. Here's four billion. Now I need next week. I need five. Oh, they're just throwing money back and forth. You know, like you that's I, what you need. That's what I need. That's the kind of person you need yeah. to be working for. His you. girlfriend, Mockerman, was Zeta Kick's chief financial officer, allegedly conspired with Zeta to provide false and altered financial information to numerous financial institutions, including providing altered bank statements to more than fifteen bank loan applications. He's not only stealing customers' money, he's getting false, he's getting fake, he's getting fraudulent loans from the banks. It's just like this crazy story. Who's the... Now, I can't believe he didn't get caught for that. Well, but see, that's where you look at these kind of things. You go like, okay, you're already living in a multi-million dollar house. You got a bunch of Ferraris. You're riding around in a 29,000 Louis Vuitton bike. I mean, why is a Louis Vuitton... Does Louis Vuitton even make bicycles? How do you have a Louis Vuitton... They probably do. How do you have a Louis Vuitton bicycle? Anyway, it's like this... This. I want one of their never-full bags. Who, do you know this whole story with the Crisleys? you know this story? Is that like the well, Oswalds? No. I, I, it, they have a TV show. I've never seen it before. I never even heard it before until I saw this story. It's called, and what is it? It's called... Let me look at the Crisleys No Best or something like that. Do you know about this one? Um, clearly, I don't. Yes, C-H-R-I-S-L-E-Y. Crisley Knows Best. Okay, this is on this is on Wikipedia. Crisley Knows Best is an American reality TV a TV series that premiered in the USA Network on March 11, 2014. Revolves around the lives of Georgia real estate tycoon Todd Crisley and his wealthy family. The show was filmed in Roswell and Alpharetta, suburbs of Atlanta, before moving primarily to Nashville during the fourth season. Growing Up Crisley, a spinoff focusing on Chase and Savannah Crisley, premiered in 2019. In June 2020, Crisley and his wife Julie were found guilty on federal charges of bank fraud and tax evasion and submitting false documents to banks to take out loans and fund their lavish lifestyle. In November 2022, the couple was sentenced to a combined 19 years in prison. The series is canceled due to the scandal. Here's another crazy uh, husband and wife team who are screwing everybody in sight. Going to the banks, getting loans left and right, and they're on TV flaunting their wealth. I mean, you think like, how you know how they're going to get away with that? Isn't isn't anybody going to watch the TV show and go like, okay, how they get all that money? And you ever seen? You know who I'm talking about? You've never seen these two? No. Oh my god! All you see is pictures of them. They're smiling. They're standing in front of their house. They're standing in front of their cars. I need to and do And what's that. their names? The Crisleys. C-H-R-I-S-L-E-Y. Crisley. No, it sounds like um, like National Lampoon's Vacation. Starring Todd. This is this is the role. Todd Crisley, Julie Crisley, Kyle Crisley, Lindsay Crisley, Chase Crisley, Savannah Crisley, Grayson Crisley, Chloe Crisley, Faye Crisley. Number of seasons, nine. This has been going, this started in 20. Really? Yes. <laughs> Number, season nine. Is it a cartoon? <laughs> no, it's a reality show. 
Broadcast oh, and reality show. Yeah, broad production. Okay. Rah, rah, rah. The series was pitched to 10 networks. Nine of them made efforts to buy it. Uh, nine of them uh, made effort, uh, offers to buy it. USA Network picked up the series in December 2013. The series was executive produced by Adam Greener, Jim Sayer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the series producers had access to the Grizzly schedule and decided which events to film. The family stated that being on television made them think twice before doing things both on and off camera. Julie said, quote, people are watching. People are looking at you. Whether that good or bad, they're going to catch it all. On April 14, 2014, the USA Network ordered a 12-episode second season of Chrisley Knows Best. At the time, the series garnered more young viewers than any other original program on USA Network, with a median age of 36.5 years among viewers. The series aired its 100th episode in June of 2018. On August 13, 2019, during the seventh season of the show, Todd and Julie were indicted by the Georgia Department of Revenue on multiple tax evasion and bank fraud charges. Wow. They, they turned themselves in on August 14th, were later released on $100,000 bond. Despite the charges, the series was renewed for an eighth season. They're, they've just been indicted on tax fraud, and the network says, ah, we're going to go with another season. The federal trial began on May 17th, 2022, and ended on June 7th. They were convicted on each of the charges against them. On November 21st, 2022, Todd and Julie Crisley were sentenced to 12 and 7 years in prison, respectively. He got 12, she got 7. The series and spinoff, Growing Up Crisley, were canceled. A handful of episodes from a previous renewed 10th season filmed prior to the, tri- the trial will air on USA Network in 2023. They're going to show the programs in 2023. They're in jail. I don't know about this kind of stuff. You know, just because somebody's in jail doesn't mean that they don't have access to the outside world. What are we doing wrong, Shelly? <laughs> Maybe we need our own reality show. Shelly and Brad, but it would be really boring, okay? Here's Shelly and Brad doing their morning show. Brad's in his underwear, and Shelly's, I don't know what Shelly's wearing. Shelly's, Shelly's you know, have her, have her dogs bothering her, okay? Here's Brad in his $300 car. Oh, my God, a tire just blew out. Oh, my God, that's what he gets for driving around with steel hanging out of the tire. Oh, my God, he just ran out of gas on the highway. Oh, my God, this Brad guy, he's just a, a train wreck, right? That would be our show, right? There were other things that would make it a train wreck. <laughs> here's here's Brad at the crap transmitter site. Here's Brad being chased by a beaver at the, at the crap transmitter site. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I got chased by a, by a groundhog at my place one night. <laughs> I have groundhogs. At night? No, my I have groundhogs that come. I one day those are mutant groundhogs. One day I'm sitting in my car. I just you know I drove into the parking lot. I'm sitting in my car, and I got my feet out. This, this is a true story. I swear to God, it's a true story. I'm sitting in my car. I'm finishing up a phone call. I'm talking to somebody on the phone. I open the door and I put my feet out the door. So in other words, I'm sitting like with you know sideways in the car. You know driver's side door open and i'm sitting there and something hits my foot it's my groundhog he comes and bumps into my foot true story you've never seen the groundhogs no i got pictures of them hey where are they (laughs) mike otten has pictures of them matter of fact the pictures of them playing in my front yard there's like three or four of them at a time where they play all over the place I got groundhogs everywhere. I have voles. I mean, well, those are nasty too. They will not leave my yard alone. I know. It's they, like I don't even need it aerated. I know you got plants. They love those. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna suck them down through the ground. Okay, we have to take a break. We're way behind. Seven fifty. Right. It's BS Show. I'm Shelly Cheese Brad. Oh, I forgot this song doesn't fade. Hold on, I got to end here.
I thought the song faded, but it didn't. 756, good morning to you. It is BS.show, first show of 2023, and already we're off to a terrible start. Why are we off to a terrible <laughs> I start? I don't know. Not one of our better shows this morning. Uh, James Strong texted me. The guy I was talking about was named Daryl and Carlo, and he's right. That's the guy. He worked here in St. Louis at, at K, uh, KTRS. They fired him. He tried to switch, have me switch KSOQ to God Squad. I probably would have been better doing that. And instead, we switched into podcaster. Anyway, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Daryl and Carlo, interesting guy. Um, you love him, you hate him. Matter of fact, there's there's a radio station. It was on. He was on KTAR in Phoenix. And there was a guy that we talked about this actually sort of funny. There's a guy who put up a web a, a website that says KTR KTAR sucks.com. And the website was devoted to how bad of a radio station KTR was. Isn't that Thank we, goodness we don't have one of those yet. I was gonna say we ought to be glad we don't have somebody who's put up a website tell you tell us how bad BS.show sucks, right? Pretty okay. pretty yeah. Tomorrow absolutely. I'm gonna do some more research on this and I gotta tread lightly when I talk about this because I don't know what happened with this. But a big story over the weekend was the guy who was ice surfing on the Missouri River in Washington. You know, have you ever heard of this before? Ice surfing? No. Yes, but what was he doing? He was he had a piece of ice. He was out on the river and he was paddling on a piece of ice. Okay. And apparently at one point in time he was coming, I guess it sounds like he was coming from like New Haven and he came through Washington and apparently there's a quote in there from the Washington Police Department. They went down and said, Hey, you're gonna get killed doing this and the you know, whoever the, the lieutenant or whatever has told him that it was dangerous and he just hey, no problem, I do it all the time and he kept floating down the river and nobody knows where he's at now. At least that's the latest I saw. I don't see any resolution on this. And I'm going like, how we I've never heard of ice surfing before. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah. You get out in a river and like a chunk of ice and you surf down the river? Yes. Is that something like you've done before? You sound like it's something like, oh, back in the day, we used to, I surf all the time in the Mississippi. <laughs> no, I have not done that. <laughs> have you ever known anybody who's done that? I mean, to me, it sounds like, okay, first off, I would be afraid to, to, to go down the river in a canoe. Well, not a canoe. The, the Mississippi, yeah, you don't want to be in a canoe unless you're north of the Lock and Dam 26 in Alton, where the you know the river's pretty, pretty you know pretty placid, shall we say? You get south of Lock and Dam 26, you get down in front of uh, the Mississippi River. I mean, right in front of downtown St. Louis, the Mississippi River. Watch the river. You can see where it goes backwards in spots. All sorts of crazy little weird currents and things like that. No thanks. Don't want to be on a piece of ice. We'll, we'll do some research, see if what happened with that. Because I don't want to go and because I know there was a group, his family was put up like a, a group together, try to find out. And they were trying to do pings on his cell phone. Apparently he was, he was, there's a selfie of him on his, on his ice thing. He texted a selfie of him on the river, paddling down the river. Sounds like something what Shelly would do. Hey. It, it really does. Hey, actually. watch this. Watch this. Okay, we got to get out here at 7.59 and 45 seconds real quick. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome back to another year of BS.show. Peace and I fly. Our second anniversary. We forgot to mention that. 7.59. Number two. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon.